Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at jesseraysbarbecue.com. T-Mobile. Head to T-Mobile.com and see how you can lock in your rates forever. Jets Pizza, with six different crusts and countless toppings, lets your imagination go wild. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. Well, a very good morning to you the day after the All-Star um, <laughs> challenge in San Jose, California. Scott Strandy with you today directly from San Jose. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that beautiful, vibrant championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Ah, Stephen, I'm taking a big breath because the last couple of days have been crazily busy, as you can imagine, yeah. uh, with the weather, with the travel, with the uh, players getting in and out. And uh, it all culminated last night in a great, great, all-star challenge uh before we even get into that um i want to just throw this out to the ahl they did a fantastic job under some really difficult circumstances so did everybody in san jose with the barracuda and the sharks and just wanted to get that out there before we even dig into what happened on the ice how are you well you know we always we, we joke as you know there's the, the famous line about find the way to, to san jose and you know that's Usually wouldn't be a big deal, but with the weather issues and stuff, finding a way to get to San Jose in these weather conditions was was a challenge in some instances. But uh, it, you got there, which was the most important thing. But the players got there, which I guess is even more important. And uh, and everybody and everything seemed to to, to 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 take place, and not too many hiccups. So that that's a good thing, which is uh which is a good thing because these events they get planned, but then weather makes an issue, and then. You know, you have games right the day before, and teams players have to get there, and some have to come from the East Coast, some have to come from, you know, just California. But even that was a challenge with the weather, the way it's been there. So, uh, yeah, it's uh wasn't an easy task. You think, okay, getting to the San Jose, California should be pretty easy. Not the way, not in the last week, not with this <laughs> atmospheric river that's uh, been been pounding uh, Southern California, the Pineapple Express, if you want to call. It, so we can blame uh, blame that if you want, but. Yeah, well, let, let's do that. Okay, before we get into, uh, and I don't want to bury the lead here, so I'll say this right now so people can prepare for it if they didn't watch or haven't seen online, but the Pacific Division defeated the Atlantic Division 3-2 to two in a shootout. Uh, Pacific Division best equals best division. Yep, that's what I've been told. Back-to-back -to -back um, champs, back-to-back -back all-star classic champs. That is a fact. Um, before we get to it, though, I had <clears throat> two clips from a couple of players that played pretty vital roles last night. One maybe a little bit more than the other, but Riley Tufty from the Colorado Eagles had a chance to visit with him pregame, and then also Matt Coronado uh, pregame. So I'll play these for you, and then um, we'll talk about what happened. I can break down the results. It was crazy. Uh, the format is, is a lot of fun, and uh, I think Josh Doan at the end will tell you exactly how uh, important it was. But here we go. Let's start with uh, 
Riley Tufty of the Colorado Eagles. To see a Minnesota face, uh, a former Bulldog and uh, now a Colorado Eagle slash Avalanche. Riley Tufty with me in the uh, AHL All-Star locker room. Riley, what's it like and what's it been like the last couple of days? Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, you know, I think it's awesome for uh, you know, all of us to come here and guys from different teams and different organizations coming here and all getting together and playing. Uh, it's going to be a fun game today. And it was a fun day yesterday, fun when we get together at night. So I think it's awesome for you know, the families and the organizations to, to get together. What's your thoughts on uh, the uh, college game coming to the pro game? How close has that gotten? Not too long ago you were removed. Uh, from college hockey, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think they a lot of these college colleges are turning into you know pro systems and kind of modeling on what they do. So um, it's awesome. You get the work that you need to become a pro every day, and uh, you know, it's, I think it's taking a big step for sure. How close is the AHL to the NHL? You've had a sniff. Yeah, uh, a couple for sure. times. What's, yeah. it, what's it like, and what does it take to be a mainstay there? Yeah, I think just consistency and. Um, you know, competing every night. I think that's what they look for. Um, you know, it's it's hard to make it, but, um, you know, as long as you're playing well and um, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that can go into it too. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes time to get to that level, to the NHL, and I think the AHL, I think everybody can play in the NHL. It's just as if you can stick. So, um, you know, my time up in Colorado this year has been good. Um, you know, I'm happy with the way I played up there so far and uh, looking to get back there at some point. You were off to a really hot start, uh, yep. almost a goal of the game, and that cooled off a little bit, but yep. that's, I guess, expected, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, it's really hot to start. <laughs> You know, I try to play most of my, my game in front of the net and screen the goalie, so there's a lot of, like, times where I'm not on the score sheet, but I'm doing a lot out there still. So, um, you know, they come and go. Uh, it's been like that my whole career. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I didn't think I wasn't on, I was on pace for 60-something goals. And that's, <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to happen. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's good looking to get up here again. So. 100.9 miles an hour in the hardest shot. Did yeah. you feel that coming? I did it. I never clocked my shot before, so um, I had no idea um, what it was going to take or what I was going to get. So I uh, just tried to lean into one and... Um, you know, and it was 100.9, so I don't know how accurate that is, but I'm happy with it. Did you get the trophy? You got to stare it away somewhere? Yeah, yeah, I got it, so. <laughs> Riley, Bring thanks. home some hard work. <laughs> thanks for your time. Good luck tonight. Hey, Enjoy it. Appreciate it. All right, Stephen, that's Riley Tufty. Uh, again, this is before the game. Had a chance to visit with him for a few minutes. Your thoughts on the Colorado Eagle slash UMD Bulldog slash Minnesota native. Only seven minutes today to get the Minnesota mentioned in there, so not, not too bad. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's Riley Tufty, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he uh, he had a really good uh, experience, had his family there, and uh, I, I know it was a lot of fun for him. Um, I want to play this clip from Matt Coronado because if, if people don't know, um, and I'm kind of burying the lead again, but Matt Coronado and Josh Doan played together in the USHL in Chicago. They're really good friends. Uh, Matt plays for Calgary of the AHL, Josh for the Tucson Roadrunners. And um, they, they figured in the, uh, the big win last night. Uh, they both scored goals in the championship game and um, really were the difference makers. But here's Matt before the contest. To hockey fans, it's uh, just the preview to the uh, All-Star Challenge. We've got Matt Coronado with me with the uh, 
Calgary, Wranglers, Calgary Flames. What do I call you, Matt? I mean, you can play with both of them, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> right now at the Wranglers, so I think, I think that. All right, so uh, you played some time in Chicago in the USHL. You played with a guy named Josh Dillon. I asked him last night about you. Um, tell me about Josh. What was he like, and did you know he was going to be an AHL All-Star? Um, when I found out, I was really excited. Um, definitely one of my one of my really good friends. Um, we played together for two years. Josh is one of the best teammates um, I've had. He's uh, always friends with everyone. Easy guy to talk to. Keeps good leader too. Um, so we we had a blast those two years. Yeah, I have this right. You guys scored like 155 points, and you were second and third in scoring on that team. Is that right or close? <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but we had we had a good team that year for sure. We had like I think Sean Farrell was on that team. He had an amazing year. So there was a, there were a bunch of really good players, um, and it was a lot of fun. Like we ended up winning, so it was it was awesome. Tell me about growing up on Long Island. Uh, you got an opportunity to play, and then you go to the uh, to Hartford of all places. Yeah, well, there's more and more guys coming from Long Island every year, more and more guys playing. Um, it's a good spot to, to grow up and play. There's a lot of good coaches now, and um, like I said, a lot of good players, but um, I'm glad I, I got the opportunity to go to Harvard. It's a great school academically, and not too far from home, so um, that was an awesome experience. So Josh told me that uh, you obviously have the shot, you can create your own space, but now you become a disher? Is that true? <laughs> uh, is that what, is that's that what, what he told he me. Wow, that's, I like hearing that I'm getting compliments from Josh. That means a lot to me, so that's nice of him. Um, I'm trying to kind of play the game the right way, right? Like when always trying to evolve but make the right play when the time is right whether it's a shooter to pass but that's funny that, that josh is saying that i appreciate it tell me about uh, the calgary wranglers and, and just how good that team is you got a great goaltender right next to you here but um, it's not just goaltending it's everything right it is yeah it's i think having a, a, a great goalie is the first and probably the most important key to a, a team having success and we have one of the best, if not the best, goalie. So that's huge. Um, but we got a lot of good players on the on the team. We got a lot of good defensemen, a lot of good forwards. I think Trent, our coach, has been been really good too. So um, it's been a lot of fun playing with this group, and um, lucky to be part of such a great team. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Okay. Thank you. All right, Stephen. There you go, Josh. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Riley Tufty and uh, Matt Coronado get some uh, thoughts in before the game. Your thoughts on it, and what were you thinking before the game? I know you didn't have much time to, to watch it and follow along with it, but what were you expecting, uh, Stephen, from the guys in the AHL Pacific Division? Well, and not to be biased here, but I really thought the Pacific Division had a good chance of winning. I mean, we, we cover that division, obviously, very closely, more than the other divisions, obviously, and and uh, we see how we talk every week about the teams in that division and how good they are. And we've talked about this, how good the records are. And I think that's a reflection of the makeup of these teams and all the great talent. I mean, you only like, you know, you could only take so many people to the Ulster game, but there's, you know, all the people that are there, there's tw two or three or four more each team that probably deserves an opportunity to be there. So it just shows you how deep the talent is on all these and all these uh, rosters, but for, certainly for the uh, for the uh, Pacific Division, I think it it really bodes well 
uh, going in with their chances to to win, and I think they did that. Um, I like the uh, you look up uh, Matt Coronado on his uh, page on Elite Prospects. It says Matt Coronado, aka also known as Matthew Coronado. So it's got the formal uh, Matthew in there, but uh, uh, certainly from heart. Went to Harvard, so certainly smarter than any uh, smarter. That's why I won't speak for you, but certainly probably uh, smarter for for me. Well, just just uh, to get into Harvard, he'd have to be smarter than me. <laughs> Not yeah. to mention the fact that he was a leading scorer in NCAA hockey the one year that he was there, and uh, you know, very proud of the fact that he uh, is. Uh, I'm sure he's got some time left at Harvard to finish up his degree. But anyway, it was uh, it was a fun, exciting time to talk to him. Plus, um, plus some love for Long Island too, which you know is. Un- oh yeah, he 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 told me off camera. He said I've been by the estate. I haven't been able to get close to it because the guards pretty much keep me away. But I know where the estate is down in Mastic. So um, yeah, I've been by there. He told me, and he's from Huntington, New York. So. Yeah, just down the street. Uh, Paul Hornstein, my my co-host on uh, the college hockey shows, would would tell you that you know. Oh, that's a much more affluent area, but don't believe him. I mean, Matt Matt told me the uh, the full story. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for another show. Okay, so they play the All Star Game, and if you're not familiar with the format, it's similar, if not identical, to the NHL. Six games, six ten minute games. They split them into two five minute halves, if you will. Um, so they played six ten minute games, and then they play a six minute straight championship game with no break. Um, it kicked off with the North Division and the Pacific Division. I think this is foreshadowing, Stephen. Um, the North Division and the Pacific Division tied after a shootout at one-to-one. And you say, after a shootout, yeah, they do three rounds. If it's still tied, it's a tie. So North Division one, Pacific Division one, and Game 1. Game 2, Central Division dominated. They just really dominated. Uh, 4-1, Rocco Grimaldi was standing tall for the shortest guy in the ice um <laughs> scoring scoring at will pretty much and uh they got great goaltending um and having a great season for, he is he, he's just a fantastic player when you see him in the locker room you go like how'd this kid get in here and then you realize he's a uh, dominating hl player and rocco i can say that with love and affection because i've known you for a number of years so and, and obviously he's in a different division now so we don't see him as much get yeah as much but yeah, it's uh, he he was great when he was went to San Diego and had a great great year too. And now he's getting an opportunity with his team, and I think he's with Chicago uh, this year. Yeah, so. Chicago Wolves, correct. Okay, so game three rolls on. North Division plays again. Uh, they get a three-two uh, shootout win over the Central Division. So now the Central Division uh, loses, and it's come down to um, the North Division with the win. They move on. Uh, so game four rolls along. Atlantic Division, Pacific Division, guess what? Another 2-2 tie in a shootout. So uh, the Pacific Division has yet to lose. They just have two ties. They've yet to win, but they have two ties. You move on to the Atlantic Division again in Game 5, and they just rolled. The Atlantic just rolled in Game 5, a 6-1 win over North. Um, And I don't think that surprised anybody. They just were flying and it uh, looked like they were going to be the team of destiny here. Game six, the final one of the round robin, Pacific Division four, Central Division three, another shootout, only this one had to be decided because the winner would advance to play Atlantic in the championship. And uh, boy, as I said, 
Josh Doan, Matt Coronado, um, Arshdeep uh, Baines all stepped up. They get the shootout victory. They get to move on to the championship game, and that's where. So there's a quick rundown of the six. When I tell you that, Stephen, anything there jump up at you and say, like, ah, I didn't really believe that. No, I think everything kind of uh, didn't, doesn't really surprise me. I mean, you look at the factors involved in the uh, Pacific Division, I think it's it's guys that we, we know. I mean, obviously, Josh Stone and, and Baines ends up having a great great night and ends up getting the, MV, the MVP and stuff. So it's uh, not not really a, a surprise, but... Uh, you know, I just think I. It almost was like the. It's almost like the strategy for the Pacific Division, because I, I know you have some clips that will. That's why I bring this up because it kind of leaches up some of the videos that we're gonna play. But uh, it's like so, most of the strategy going in was to to tie these games, to tie the, the Pacific Division, to, to tie these games and stuff. So. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, Adam Cracknell was the captain. He was supposed to be the playing captain, but due to injury, he was on the bench and. Man, what a big leader he is. I mean, everybody in that Pacific locker room looks up to him um, in every way. Um, 38 years old, as we documented well yesterday, he's been around um, a lot of experience on and off the ice. Had his entire family there. What a beautiful family with his three daughters. Uh, Afterwards, he brought them into the locker room and uh, he he said, you want to have some pizza? There was a pizza there, right? Yeah, he said, you want some pizza? And they grabbed plates and he said, well, I don't know if, plates are going to help from the mess you're going to make but go ahead uh grab them and then then they said where do we go where do we go and they said why don't you go sit over there with donor you remember donor i played with him last year in tucson so his three daughters and and him went over to the bench and sat down next to to josh doan and and Josh, I don't think he'll he'll mind me saying this, but he says he says to him, "Yeah, come on over here. Don't you remember me? We played Barbies together." <laughs> and I was cracking up laughing, and they all had a big smile on their face and were enjoying that. Some of the stuff that you get after an All Star Game experience. But um, Adam Cracknell, what a job! Uh, some great photos of him and his family, and him accepting. They did a nice uh, portrait of him uh, in his uniform that he got to take home with them and. Of course, he, uh, he captured the opportunity to grab the trophy and share it with the guys as well. So um, so that's the, that's the story. But uh, the game itself, like I said, Pacific Division Three, Atlantic Two. I think it went four or five rounds of the shootout. I couldn't even keep track. It was coming so fast and furious. But um, the MVP, the MVP got it done. Uh, and uh, uh, Arish Deep uh, the, with the Baines, uh, Baines uh, with the uh, Abbotsford team scored with 12.9 seconds left to give the division uh, a 3-2 win over the Atlantic. So well, it was so, a- he, so he gets yeah he gets two goals and three assists on the whole the whole night. Yes, and uh, most valuable player honors. And of course, this is a day after travel delays. He missed the uh, skills competition on uh, Sunday evening. So and I'm I'm trying to relive this because you'll you'll hear him say it. But I believe he told me that he drove five hours yesterday from L.A. to San Jose. Yeah, it sounded to, like that. You sent me the videos to, to listen to ahead of time, and I, it sounded it sounded like that that he drove to, yeah. to get there. So he said, "I got there in time for a pregame meal. The guys all welcomed me. I got on the bus over and and." Voila, MVP uh, walks away with it. But um, Rocco Grimaldi and uh, of the Chicago Wolves, Manitoba Mooses, Brad Lambert, each recorded two goals and two assists for the Central Division. Angus Crookshank, who was another star in this one from the Belleville 
Senators led the North Division with a pair of goals, and the Iowa Wilds' Jesper Walstead was really, really good. Led all goaltenders with an 833 save percentage, stopping 15 of 18 shots. And when you look at the way the style is, Stephen, they started really slow, right? I mean, not slow in speed, but... Well, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling out process, you know? Yeah, it's not yeah. like they, there was no checking, at least until no. the end. And, and, you know, it was pretty much just a skating, shooting, passing type thing. It was a lot of fun to watch, but the scores were were not indicative of what you would expect from that much talent. And a lot of times I don't think they were pushing their best. They would make the last pass instead of maybe taking the shot. But as it got down towards game six in the championship game, the Pacific Division stepped it up. It's like, yeah, well, sort of the Atlantic, but... The Pacific said, we're here to win this thing, and uh, we're going to get it done. And you'll hear that from Josh Doan in just a minute. But, um, well, I think that, they, wanted, they wanted to win it in, in the, uh, since the Pacific Division, so to speak, the home, the home division here for the All-Star Challenge, uh, you know, being in, in San Jose. So uh, I'm sure that played a factor into it. Next year it's going to be a Pacific Division team hosting it, so I'm sure they're going to want a three-peat and win next year too and, and see if they can uh, – can pull it off but uh you know it's, it's a good it's a good you know you, you don't take much from it because it's just an exhibition it's an exhibition type thing but you know last year a pacific division team wins the the, the all-star challenge and the pacific division team is one one goal away from winning the calder cup this year we'll see how it pan, pans out but uh yeah i think it's uh it just shows you uh, and i think the format is kind of kind of neat i mean it's it's not just you know at least everybody gets a chance to play ev- against everybody and a little round robin type thing, and then, you know, you, you there's, there's there's a little bit of strategy I think with it. I mean, you know, with how you approach because you know you're gonna play multiple games throughout the evening, so you don't want to, as you said, you don't want to, uh, or you don't want to expel all your energy in the first game, go all out on the first game, and then be tired and f- fatigued for the for the other games. Plus, you know, you, you don't want anything to happen to any of the players, so you, you try to be a little bit careful there, and you know, somebody so somebody doesn't get freak injury or something happened that's going to hinder the, that team's chances in the second half of the season. Was yeah, so, yeah, good point. Um, but then you get to that final game and you're, you're there, you're, you're, you are close to getting it, and it's not a surprise that the intensity did, did pick up a little bit or picked up uh, a few notches uh, in that final game, So, uh, which is great. I think that, that's, that's the ideal thing. Okay, I will tell you as well, I missed Adam Gaudet of the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, the AHL's co-leader with 24 goals so far this season, scored three times for the Atlantic Division. So uh, a lot of offensive performances, as you would expect. They're really tough on the goaltenders. And I thought uh, leading up to the championship game, actually game six in the championship, I thought um, Dustin Wolf, the Wolf of Calgary, the Wolf of, uh, of Gilroy, California, um, I thought he was maybe struggling a little bit, but boy, in that final game, final two games, he was outstanding and a big reason why uh, there was a 3-2 victory for the Pacific Division. So anyway, um, I joked with the guys. I said, was this Adam Cracknell's uh, uh, idea to uh, just, you know, that's a game plan, tie, 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 and then and then win the championship? Uh, here's Josh Doan. He'll tell you exactly what I'm uh, talking about. Uh, like old home week, Josh Doan here uh, with a uh, shootout goal and another goal. 
and the Pacific win the All-Star Classic. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was a lot of fun out there. It's always fun getting to compete with these guys. Yeah, we got a good group of guys in this room. And by the end of it, you got to start trying a little bit harder and go to the dirty areas for one late, I guess. <laughs> so the first two games that you play uh, are ties, shootout ties, and then you just kind of rally. Yeah. Was that the game plan from Cracknell or what? Yeah, he cracks a great coach, and he knows what he's doing on the bench. So he told us to get three ties and we'd move on to the finals, so we did it. Thankfully, they let us go a couple more rounds in the, in the last game. And, we trust our shooters, and, and Wolf is unbelievable, so he, he shut them down for us. Chicago Steel all the way, I guess, with like Coronado getting one, then you getting one, and, and you guys wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always super fun to play with Matt and, and get a chance to be out here with him, and it's, it's a Steel connection. Wherever, wherever we go together, we just tend to win, so it's, it's been fun. Okay, so what will you take away from this, going back to uh, Tucson? You guys are on the road again, right, to going to Iowa and all that good stuff, but what will you take away from this weekend? Yeah, I think it's, it's a fun weekend, and you got to embrace it and enjoy it. Go to spend time with your family and some guys you haven't seen in a long time. Obviously, you got you got to take with it the, the relationships you built this weekend. And you're on the road, you see these guys, and it'll be a little more fun to play against them. And all these guys are already hard to play against, so it makes it a little bit better when you play them now. And it's, it's just a learning experience and, and, and just a super fun experience for, for everyone in here. How does it do for confidence, something like this? It's kind of a skills competition, but you play with the best of the best in this league. Yeah, I think it's future confidence. You get to test your skills out against some of the best players in the world and, 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 and see what they got and kind of, kind of compete versus them in a, in a different way, in a unique way where everyone's in a, in a new environment and they're not, they're not with their team. So it's, it's, it's super fun. And it, it really tests you at times because you got to be careful with the pocket here. Any, any turnover might end up in the back of your net. So it's, it's definitely fun. Mom and Dad here for it. I saw they were here last night. I'm assuming they stayed, right? Yeah, mom, dad, and my brother. So they all made the trip out. Well, congratulations. A great uh, tournament. Good luck the rest of the way, okay? Thank you. Appreciate it. That's uh, Josh Doan of the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, any surprise that Crack would come up with a uh, a game plan like that, Stephen? No, not 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 really. Uh, <laughs> you you've seen him now and been around him a little bit with the uh, Henderson team and the fact, and I saw him last year a lot uh, in Tucson, and he 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 has that style. Uh, he he's got a dry. I call it a dry sense of humor because you see him, you're not really sure. Yeah. Is he serious or is he funny or what's it going to be? But, boy, we saw a, a really fun side of Adam Cracknell this weekend. I'm so glad that he was able to participate after all these years of service to the NHL and the AHL. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. And, again, we talked about this yesterday. It was a big bummer that he couldn't participate by playing in the game. I know that he would have loved to have been able to, to play, but uh, to still be able to be there, walking boot and all, to, uh, to uh, be able to – participate and be behind the bench and get the hardware when, the, when they win and and have the, all that recognition that comes with with the honor that he was bestowed as, as a playing captain and and getting the portrait and just it, it just seemed like everybody um i mean there's a lot of things but it just seemed like everybody has a lot of respect for cracknell and his time that he's put in this league and and you could tell that and and he's kind of the elder statesman of the league, obviously. I mean, a lot of those guys are, are 20, 21, 22, in their early 20s, and he's in his 38, 30s, you know? 38, he's, my 30 friend. Don't forget it. And he's, <laughs> and he's still playing at a high level. So it's it's really impressive. And and uh, you don't know how many more years left he's going to play if this if this is going to be his final 
a swan song, so to speak, or if he's maybe has another year or two after this. But uh, obviously his time is winding down, and so it was a great, great recognition for that. Um, you know, this is not a retirement tour by any means, but you don't know when you're the, when you're up in that age. You don't know how many. You know, I mean, he gets an injury like what he's got. You just don't know how many more years he's gonna he's gonna play. So it's 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 certainly not gonna be it's certainly not gonna be a lot of years. He's gonna retire before the baseball team for the A's comes comes here to Vegas. That's for sure. So. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice one. Yeah, I think I, I I think maybe the goal was forty. When you're thirty eight, that's kind of like hey, if I can play till I'm forty, that's pretty good. But again, yeah, not a lot of players play to forty anymore. So no, and I. And even though, he's I not play, think... even though he's not been in the NHL level the whole time, which is a very, you know, very – I mean, AHL hockey is pretty intense too. And, I mean, it's not as maybe intense as the NHL, but it's very close. And, I mean, he's, he's played a lot of NHL games. And, you know, obviously a lot of AHL games, some international games and everything. But he uh, – you know, then you see him with his family and you think, well, he's he wants to be able to be with his family too and and, and have that, that moment too and – and uh, and obviously what he looks forward to post play career with more time with his his kids and and spending more time with his family, but to to have the, these moments like this with his family too is uh, is really awesome too. Yeah, and like I said, I think maybe uh, forty might be the target, but again, I don't think he's going to take up a spot or expect to be given a spot if he's not playing up to the level that he expects. But he's still playing pretty. Uh, but he pretty, is playing very good. He's still yeah, playing, he's playing at a very, very good, good level. At this if you look up his numbers for. For Henderson this year, I mean, look it up real quick. I mean, he's he's doing uh he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's obviously now he's he and he, and, and you know he's up he's got this injury right now, but he was there was another point in the season uh, that he he's missed some a few games for for some for a little injury or whatever. So he he if you look at that, um, you know if if you take away those games that hasn't been able to play, and you look at his numbers. Um, you know, it's, it's, so, I mean, it's, but, yeah, but at, he the, said, at, at that, at that age to, to have that yep. kind of production that he is, is, uh, exactly. I'm having a hard time All right. loading up his, I got I'm having a hard time yeah, loading up looking, his numbers While here, you're but, looking, I'll play we, a couple of clips because I've got, uh, Riker Evans on. here and then I've got the MVP. So let me, uh, let me play those and then, uh, you can bring, uh, Adam's numbers back in as we put a bow on this part of it. Um, here we go. Here's uh, Riker Evans of the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Riker, your thoughts on this All-Star weekend? I mean, yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, shorter flight this year. Uh, I got to experience it even more. I wasn't as tired. So, um, I mean, it was great. Uh, well put together and uh, really enjoyed it. Josh Jones told me that it was Adam Cracknell's idea to go uh, three ties and get to the championship and then win it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a one way to uh, win a championship. Uh, I didn't think we planned it that way, but uh, it worked out good. Talk about the whole experience for the weekend. Uh, it was a little difficult getting here, I guess, with the tra the weather problems for some, but you guys made it in okay and you got it all done. Yeah, yeah, obviously there's a little uh, rainstorm there. Uh, but, I mean, everyone got in here. Baines uh, came in, one MVP showed up this morning. So, I mean, it's, uh, it was good to see that everyone got in safe. Your thoughts on the Pacific Division? You and I have talked about this in, uh, at Coachella Valley, but the competition is just so good. What was it like to play with these guys? Yeah, obviously you compete with them every night. Uh, so to be able to get to know them a little bit off the ice, get to introduce yourself to them, has been pretty cool. Um, I like great guys this weekend. Right, good. Thanks for your time as always, and best of luck the rest of the way, okay? Yes, thank you. You, know, you asked him about the, and that was Riker Evans uh, uh, talking with you, but, uh, you know, you asked him about the, he, he mentions that 
the travel's a little bit easier. Well, what's it going to be like next year when the when the All Star Game is in his backyard at Coachella Valley? The travel will be even easier. It depends on where they play the day before, but obviously they won't play at home right before it. So well, the the, the bigger question, Stephen, is will Riker Evans be an AHLer next year, or That's will true. he be on to the NHL? But That's true. That's you're, a very good you point. are correct. And there was a contingent from Coachella Valley, by the way, um, taking notes and and things on how this was run. And again, it was run very well, but. Uh, expect Coachella Valley to try to up it as everybody does every single year. So they were taking notes. They're uh, preparing already for next so, year's AHL Classic. Well, yeah, you'd expect that because they're going to be they're the, they're the team that hosts it next year. So they're obviously they're uh, taking copious notes about how things are run and how what they want to do for it next year and as they get to host it uh, to, to next year. But uh, uh, I did find Krakenos numbers. We'll mention that real quick. We'll go back to Riker in a second, but. Uh, I guess Cracker hadn't missed any time other than the last couple of games. Now I, I thought maybe he, there was a couple of games early in the season, but I guess he he'd been pretty much playing the whole because Silver Knights have played uh, forty six games and and they show him having played forty four games. So I think he's just the last couple of games since he's gotten this little injury, he has been able to play. But through forty four games this year, he's at twenty nine points. So you know, not bad. I mean, seventeen points, twelve assists, or seventeen goals, twelve assists. You know, last year with Tucson, he had fifty three points in sixty four games. So I mean. Uh, you know, that's pretty good for, for at that stage. And then even if you go back to the year prior to that, 47 points when he was with Bakersfield. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this year he's a little bit up in 29 points. So he's not producing like he had been the last couple of years. But still, I mean, 29 points is still a pretty good clip, uh, you know, of, of point production um, for, for a guy at that at that stage in his career. Okay, let's hear from the MVP, Mr. Baines from Abbotsford. Maybe the All-Star Classic. So you're the last one to arrive here because of weather, and uh, you walk away with the MVP trophy. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of, a lot of travel issues going on yesterday. I was able to finally get to LA. I drove uh, five hours this morning and uh, was able to get a pregame meal with some, like just before the guys were about to leave, and uh, came to the rink and. Uh, guys were pretty welcoming and they're pretty happy that I was there so it was, it was a good day. What was the whole experience like on the ice because Pacific Division is so tough and for uh, for you guys to be able to uh, play through it and play together like this how did you do it? Yeah like, uh, like you said the Pacific Division we play a lot of these guys a lot of times throughout the season so it was nice to play with the guys that uh, you know you compete against a lot of nights so I think uh, you know, we get to build some friendships here but uh, I think it'll be still, uh, still some enemies when we're playing the games uh, the rest of the season. <laughs> um, rumor has it that Adam Cracknell told you guys to go get three ties and then win it in the championship. Yeah crack. yeah he <laughs> smart he knows how to win games and how to win championships so uh, he did say that and that's how we did it i super appreciate your time thank you no problem. there you go you heard it from the mvp crack set it up and they just followed the old man's game plan well yeah i mean you you're not gonna you gotta follow the follow his lead and and he was basically the de facto coach i mean they had they had their coach there i mean trent cole but but uh crack no you know still be an important role was basically uh, running the show there. It sounds he, like he it, was it he was very active on the bench, Stephen. I, I I watched him um, a lot, and he was very active as far as um, <clears throat> helping the guys out. Uh, the guys the guys told me off camera a lot of them that um, he was instrumental in helping them um, make certain plays, if you will, uh, setting them where to set up, how to beat certain goaltenders. That's experience that he's gained over. 38 years of hockey. 
well, yeah, is that is that a foreshadowing to maybe the next stage? And we we talked a minute ago about his playing days when the nose were over. Is that foreshadowing to maybe what he's ahead of him next? Uh, not next year, but whenever his time is done playing, is he going to go behind the bench and be a a coach of some sort uh, at whatever levels, so whether it be the AHL level or something? But we see it all the time. Former players at that at that level or or other levels, they. They go from playing to being a go. I mean, Joel Ward is an example here in Vegas. He he didn't play as long as Crackle, but he went from reti- he retired from playing and went right to being a coach with the, in the within the Golden Knights organization with the Silver Knights, and now he's assistant coach with the Golden Knights. So uh, Ryan Craig, another example, guy who uh, was playing the AHL, reti- retired from playing what end of 2016-17 season, went right to being an assistant coach with the Golden Knights in, in that organization. Uh, you know, up until this past year when they won the cup, and then he he decides to take the head coaching job in Henderson. So, uh, I mean, that's something that cracked out. And we see it with other players. I'm just those are just Vegas examples, but but uh, th- there's other examples. Oh yeah, it, it, that, it, I mean, look at look at look at, uh, look at Colorado. I mean, they got uh, Sleekoff now, who was a player with Colorado. Now he's he went you know he coached the ECHL edition of it. Then now he's he's the head coach of the AHL edition of it. A bit an assistant as well. So, uh, you know. At, that's the future. I mean, it's that's a lot of a lot of young coaches, if they have that aspirations to to coach, uh, obviously they have the experience of playing, and sometimes they go right for playing into getting a coaching opportunity. Not saying that's what Crackdown is going to do, but it maybe is. Uh, maybe that was a little bit of a he 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 made the best of the situation. Obviously, couldn't play, so he made the best of the situation to still be very involved and be very active on the bench. And, and maybe there's a little stiff, uh, a little itch to uh, to maybe do that more. Or often it is post play. Well, my guess is that if he starts coaching, it'll be um, uh, a girls' team because those three girls are going to be the ones that, well, that, may be. that may are going to drive that, him. Well, I that may be. Kid. That may be. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be professional hockey. I mean, it could be just being a, a girl dad and coaching his girls if they're interested in, in playing hockey. And and maybe that's and, and maybe that's. I mean, look at Jonathan Marshall. So he he plays and he's still involved with his kids in his in their hockey teams and, and involved in, in the coaching aspect there. So you, you yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different uh, potentials and avenues that he he could go. But uh, I don't think his uh, his hockey career is going to be over once he hangs up the skates. Uh, only uh, it'll be on Adam's terms, my friend. It'll be on his terms. Adam's terms exactly. Yes. When exactly. he decides yeah. to hang it up, he will hang it up. And maybe but... he wants to. St- maybe he wants to stay in Vegas. I don't know if he, he's come to love Vegas. I think you know he started his professional career here. Yep. Now he's back here in, in in Henderson. So maybe there'll be an opportunity there, or maybe he, or maybe he'll go back to. to I don't know. I mean, we he's moved around so much. Maybe he looks forward to. He's got homes everywhere. He's got. Looks, <laughs> did you? I, I don't think he had a chance to talk to him because probably because he's he, he was an injured player. But I would have loved to hear his answer to the question you would have asked him about how many jerseys and stuff he's accumulated. Maybe I, I I'm still, well, I I'm, I'm maybe we'll sit down with him at some point and do a a, a, a more of a long form interview with him. And if, if that's the case, I I will ask him that because it would be interesting to see how many uh, jerseys he's he, he was tugged in days. every direction. And uh, the Henderson Silver Knights people did a fantastic job of getting. Uh, information out. So every team did. I mean, they had representatives there and everybody was uh, active on social media. And, you know, it was it was just a lot of fun to see how it all worked out. I can tell you last night, Stephen, there must have been 20 to 30 media people in that locker room. There were more easily two to one uh, media to players in that locker room. We were packed like sardines. Well, and, and, and the, the AHL locker rooms are, you know, they can be pretty... They could be pretty, um, you know, they're 
I'm not saying that they're small locker rooms by any means, but compared to an NHL locker room, they're not as they're not going to be as big. And so when you get all that media, because I go we go in the Henderson one now, and it's 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 a it's a pretty. Of course, I'm usually the only be along with the Silver Knights people, so it's not that big an issue. But you know, their locker room is is roomy and it's got space. But you know, you compare it with the Golden Knights locker room, it's not as uh, it's not as spacious. So you look at the the Barracuda. You know they have and they have several locker rooms. They have that locker room, and they have the. They must have four. They obviously have well, four different. Well, well, they have uh, because it's because it's all the because it's all those ice yeah. sheets. You know, it's all those. Yeah, but they have in in the Tech CU arena. They've got obviously the visitors' locker room, and then the uh, Barracuda locker room. And the Barracuda locker room was what the Western Conference used, and then uh, the Eastern Conference used the visitors' locker oh, so room. See, so. see, 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 they put the two divisions together the same. Yeah, way. and that's why you had twenty-four players uh, roaming around uh, between the locker rooms. But anyway, um, it was a really fun experience. Got to take a quick break so we can come back and uh, preview what lies ahead here in the last I don't know what nineteen minutes of the show. Um, but when we uh, when we look at it again, just to recap, it Pacific Division three. Atlantic Division II, uh, a clean sweep for the West as they won the skills competition 18 to 13. And I don't think, Stephen, when you look at the, the Pacific Division, that it's any surprise whatsoever. All of those teams, as we mentioned, are uh, winning at almost a 500 clip, which is unbelievable uh, when you think about how many times they play each other and still maintain the 500 clip. That's pretty impressive. All right, let's take a quick. Let's take a quick break. I, I'm sorry, I didn't know if no. you needed me to respond to no, that. You were saying about taking a break, so I didn't yeah. Let's take the break. Okay. Let's come back and uh, and we'll talk about the uh, the preview of the AHL Pacific Division uh, post All Star and the NHL post All Star. We'll be right back. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. From ITHSW Podcasts, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report, a special edition as we wrap up the uh, AHL All-Star Challenge is the official uh, words that they uh, would like us to use, so we will. Uh, the skills you can't competition. Call it a game because Sunday. it's like several. It's like several <laughs> mini games. So yeah, can't. that it was. It was. Uh, it was really fun to watch, actually. Um, 
so anyway, this means there's a, a home stretch. You get to the playoffs in the AHL and the NHL. It starts tonight. Um, the A, well, the AHL will be off until I believe Thursday, and then um, Friday, I believe is the, they don't okay. resume games okay. until Friday. Okay, Friday, and then um, the NHL picks up tonight. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, but the AHL teams will then go back into this stretch run. And as we mentioned, Stephen, um, the Pacific Division is crazy. I know that Tucson is going to Iowa, and uh, they currently are tied and actually have the uh, uh, win percentage or the um, number of wins tiebreaker over Coachella Valley. But, boy, as we mentioned, and a lot of people I talked to this weekend said the same thing, look out for the Condors. They, uh, they've got games in hand, and they are putting it together. And, of course, their uh, NHL franchise, you're going to see tonight, uh, the Oilers have uh, been on a terror themselves. Yeah, it's been, good. It's been a good uh, stretch of hockey for both the, uh, the AHL and the NHL uh, team. We mentioned uh, on yesterday's podcast the Condors are, and I'd have to pull it up again, but they're, like, on some really impressive stretch right now, like, what twenty three and three or something to that effect? Something, something crazy like that. They're six three and one in their last ten games. So, uh, the Condors and yeah, even though they're down in seventh place right now with forty six points, uh, you know because of they've played only thirty eight games, they they've got a lot of games to catch up, which means their schedule is going to be very busy. So that's going to be a lot of games there. But then the, the other side of that is they have an opportunity to to move up in the standings quite a bit. Um, I mean. They're, they're right there with the Ontario Reign, who've lost four in a row g- going into the break, and Colorado's played better, but then they've eight and two in their last ten games, so they've been able to jump up to fifth, and and uh, yeah, Tucson and Coachella Valley are right there, but yeah, for the Condors, I mean, you're twelve points behind, but again, with uh, five games in hand, that's that's an opportunity to get right there towards the top of the division, uh, you know, they, and the teams they're going to play are going to be right there with them, so. Uh, an opportunity for them to to not only gain ground but to gain ground against the teams that that they're in the division with because obviously that's that's who they majority play as divisional teams. So so let's kick this off. San Diego and uh, the Wranglers will play in Calgary at one p.m. on Friday to get things rolling. As I said, Tucson makes the uh, trip to Iowa. I'm surprised you didn't want to go with them because you're just dying to see Iowa. Uh, I would want to go to <laughs> Iowa now in February. It might be a little. That's a little snowy. <laughs> okay, Paul Hornstein. Um, Abbotsford will be in Colorado. Um, San Jose will be in Bakersfield. And uh, the Henderson Silver Knights will be in Ontario um, to uh, to get things rocking and rolling. Then things just continue on from there. As you mentioned, uh, Henderson played a lot of games already, so they won't have too many this month. But no, they're, they're down the stretch, it's going to be big. Yeah, they basically just play on weekends. Uh, the, the rest of this month, the Silver Knights do. Uh, but right now, about they're at five hundred. So they, this is going to be an important stretch. And, and the last weekend that they just had with uh, with Iowa, uh, that was their one and only weekend of home games in the month of February. The rest of the weekends in February are going to be on the road uh, for the Silver Knights. So uh, this is where everybody's going to start catching up with each other because the Silver Knights schedule gets really uh, light, which. Is good, but also it's hard because it's hard to get into a flow. You play a couple of games, and then you, pra- you know, then you play a couple of games. You know, so it's hard to get into a little bit of flow. But the the rest, I guess, factor will be will be important uh, too. But it's not going to be easy because they've got 
and they just lost a few more players to the Golden Knights again as the, the NHL season goes like Brisson and Rempel and Ronbier are now back up with the VGK. So, um, you know, they're not getting an all-star break because uh, they played with the NHL team and then they went on break and then they were sent down to Henderson, practiced with them the week. You know, maybe they had a little bit of a break because they just practiced. They didn't play games. Then they played the games last weekend with the, uh, with the Iowa Wild in town here. And then uh, now the AHL teams are on the break, all-star break, but then the NHL season resumed now. So the Golden Knights got one guy back, but they still got some, uh, <laughs> some missing pieces in the forward side. So those guys were called right back up. Um, and then they lose a guy like and he hadn't played this year with Henderson at all. But, uh, you know, they lose Pahal to waivers, who's not going to be with the Calgary uh, Flames, as they picked him up off waivers. So, uh, you know, they lose it. But that just shows you how depth uh, the defensive core is for the Golden Knights because they have, um, you know, this is without Sheardor, but they have uh, Korzak, who is waiver exempt still, so they're able to utilize that. And, and, and he gets – they've used him more this year. And and then uh, and then you got Miramanov, who's back from injury, and now he's back up with the Golden Knights. So they have him as an option. Bornfoot is – they claimed him, you know, and he's coming back from an injury, so uh, they have that. So it was just, it was just a number thing. And so they tried to get him through Henderson, but tried to put him through the waiver process, and Calgary picked him up, and and they're excited for that. It sounds like, and they're, but it's a good opportunity for him because he's going to get obviously more NHL time, which is what you want. So, uh, but it's a, it's a bummer for to lose a guy like him. But it, like I said, it's an opportunity for him to get more games. So, yep. Uh, That's. But, but, oh, but yeah, I mean. But no, I was just say, but yeah, I kind of got off a little bit there, but but yeah, I mean, Silver Knights, it's important to stretch because they've got road road games every week, and they're going to play Ontario, they're going to play Coachella Valley, at Coachella Valley a couple of times here over that stretch. Uh, they're going to go to Colorado for a couple of games uh, later this month, so it's it's an important uh, it's an important stretch for them. But for the Condors, we you, you talked about that too. They're playing the Barracuda, well, the Bar- they're hosting the Barracuda, well, the Barracuda's towards um, towards the bottom of the standings, so that's even more of an opportunity for the Condors to take advantage of that opportunity and, and even improve their, uh, their little streak that they're on right now. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, that kind of ties the ball on the AHL side of things. The NHL side, you'll be at a game tonight, but uh, before we talk about that, let's uh, break down the Pacific division of the NHL. The Canucks hold down that number one spot at 71 points, followed by uh, the Vegas Golden Knights with 64 Edmonton made their run. They're up to 59. The Los Angeles Kings with a new head coach, now an interim coach at least, um, 56 points. The Kraken still trying to claw their way back up, 52 points. Calgary in at 49. Anaheim at 38. And the San Jose Sharks at 33. Uh, Before we jump into Vegas and Edmonton, a huge matchup tonight uh, that you'll be at, um, I I was talking to Shang Peng a little bit about San Jose, and I said, you know, San Jose is really down. Was that something that you think they saw coming and they knew that there was going to be this rebuild? And he said, well, I don't know, because he said that nobody wanted to use the word rebuild uh, at all over this process. And they thought, I think that, and this is coming from Shang, that uh, they could push out these contracts on Burns and Carlson and guys that they had and, and maybe push them out while they develop their younger players to get going. I don't think they expected to uh, fall this far and have to now be clearly in a rebuild, both the Sharks and uh, and the Barracuda. But they have a lot of talent, and uh, it should be building very slowly and um, and making a very solid impact because they have a good staff in, in the front office and the coaching staff to, uh, to make things move the right direction. And I think they believe in what they have, and both players and coaches. So 
Don't be surprised if San Jose makes a climb again uh, sooner rather than later. All right. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 Go the, ahead. The, the, well, looking at the, the differentials uh, for these teams, the, the thing that really sticks out to me, just kind of, kind of a microcosm of the of the Sharks season, is a differential of minus ninety two goal differential for the Sharks this year. I mean, that's just yeah. Crazy. That that is just unheard of. It really is. I mean, I mean, it's such a. I mean, even I mean. Even even if you're a team towards the bottom, I mean, it's just to have a goal differential like that. It's just, I mean, but but you get, keep in mind there was a, there was a couple of games where they gave up ten goals, like back to back games. There's they gave up ten, you know, so and they're not getting a lot of goals on the other side side of it. So, um, you know, when they are when they defeated, I think that they have won. They've won close. You know, I don't think they're like blowing anybody out. But then they get that they've had a lot of games where they're on the bad end of a blowout, and you know, and it's so it's kind of led to such a big. Uh, difficult differential, so uh, yeah, yeah, good, a, good, really good point because. And then you look at Vancouver; has got a plus fifty nine <laughs> differential. So, yeah, if you're if you're getting outscored by ninety two goals, uh, you have some issues. Um, so, the the big matchup tonight: uh, Vegas and uh, Edmonton at uh, the Palace, uh, T-Mobile Arena, fortress, the fortress. <laughs> the fortress. I, I like the Palace too, but whatever. Um, I love the fortress. Um, so that'll be a big matchup. Well, the uh, fortress that Jesse raised too. Yeah, there you go. That too. Uh, Edmonton coming in off of a ten zero and zero streak. The Golden Knights at not ten zero and zero. It's six. It's sixteen and zero. They've won yeah. I'm talking about their last ten. Their last. Right, 10. I, I know you are, but I'm just saying. But it's sixteen yeah, streak won wins 16 overall. Zero. Yep. Um, so what do they have? Is this a letdown uh, for Edmonton now, having to take this break, or are they going to be able to continue this? And how do the Vegas Golden Knights counter? Well, it's it's going to be interesting because both teams have been on a break. So both teams are kind of – this will be their first game out of the break. So, um, you know, with Edmonton, uh, you know, that's probably one of those things where things were going so well that they didn't want to stop playing. But, you know, obviously the break was, was, really, was really good. And for Vegas, I think they really needed the break because they were, they were kind of – you know, they, they didn't play necessarily too bad going into it, but their last game they were just kind of out of gas with having this – this break and being able to recharge, I think, is important. They get they get William Carlson back, and we'll see if he's going to be good to go for today. I, he's been out there uh, skating with the team, but Cassie wouldn't sit, commit to him playing Tuesday. But he said Tuesday we'll we'll make that decision, see if he's cleared or not. So, he, but it seems like he's going to be good to go. Um, and so they're get so that'll be a big addition to the lineup if if he is good to go for tonight. Carlson, uh, somebody that they've missed since the Winter Classic, so about about a month or so that he hasn't been able to play. So. Uh, that should be a big boost, and you know they have they've just gotten Aiden Hill back recently, and they've you know so that that's been a big boost. I would expect him to be in net tonight. So uh, plus, there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams, so there's, there's that factor of it too. And and uh, the the Oilers did beat the Golden Knights earlier this season in Edmonton, but it was uh, you know it was you know that the things have been really good for the Oilers since they've got their new coach and they're playing a little bit better and maybe a little bit better defensively, which was I think the big issue and. Why they were so struggling so much, and unless you got McDavid and Dry Saddle, you get two of the greatest players on the planet. So uh, that helps too. And and the goaltending's been better. I mean, the Skinner's been giving them some good games, and and Picker, who's who's has been up there, and when he's come in, he's 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 given them some some decent minutes as well. So I I don't know. I don't know how it's 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 one of those things because it's 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 hard to know because it's it, there's been a break, and you don't know how it's gonna be. I mean, there's probably a little bit of a of a feeling out thing, but. Uh, you know, they, I guess the players were asked 
uh, yesterday, at least the Golden Knights players were, but there was a couple Edmonton media there, and it was asking Cassidy, you know, because uh, they had talked with the Oilers. And, and it sounds like that, you know, the players don't really, at least in public, they're not saying, oh, yeah, they, they're they're thinking too much about it or or that they're, if you're on the Golden Knights side that you're thinking about wanting to break the streak. But I'm sure there's an internal thing uh, because it is a division game, so that's important. The Oilers, if they win, they're going to tie the all-time record, 17 straight wins, which was set by the uh, – the, the Penguins, I think, most recently in 16-17 season. So that, that they're going for that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and, and they have a chance to get even closer to Vegas. It's a five-point gap right now, but the Oilers have five less games played. Uh, so that's this is a big, this is a big uh, game because it's either going to be three-point gap or it goes back to seven-point gap and and maybe gives Vegas a chance to separate themselves a little bit So because the Oilers are right on their heels right now. So in Vegas is, you know, they just, you know, I think there's, like I said, I think just because of the playoff history from last year, and and there's there's a little bit of that, and and I, I so I think it's going to be a good game. It's good. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be probably a pretty intense game. I mean, the, the first matchup between the two teams wasn't that. That was intense. <laughs> well, it is, but I those mean, two but, are always intense, and this one, yeah, if you're you're kidding yourself if you don't think those Golden Knights want to break that streak, they do not want to be the team that. Uh, no was the one that tied the all-time um, streak. So there's going to be a little effort, uh, I, a little extra effort from the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Um, but we kind of buried the lead. That's a big matchup. It's number two and number three. But what about these Vancouver Canucks? Uh, the Rick Tockett-led 71-point Canucks. Uh, Stephen, is it realistic? Can the Golden Knights or the Oilers catch them? Or are they uh, just going to put it in cruise control the rest of the way and win the division? Yeah, you know, I it's Vancouver's been an interesting team and you talk to people and they and they that cover the NHL and stuff and you think that or other people you think you're just waiting for or you listen to the to programs and stuff and you just the narrative is that you're just kind of waiting for Vancouver to kind of hit have their moment where they just kind of come back down to earth or they hit you know they kind of cuz they're the I don't think people were expecting them to be this good and I think people just say well they're going to eventually come back down to they'll, they'll have the, you know those They'll start losing some games, but they haven't haven't really been that. They've been pretty consistent all season. They had a little bit of, but nothing to to that effect. And yeah, they've been able to gain a little bit of a cushion. Uh, they have a seven point uh, difference right now between the Golden Knights and the Canucks, and uh, the Canucks have played one fewer game. So, uh, I mean, it's a, I don't know. I mean, the the Oilers. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I think these are these are probably going to be the three teams that are going to finish in the top three in the division. But what order, I don't know. But uh, you know, Vegas went on quite a run last year to uh, the second part of the season after the All Star break to end up getting the division. But uh, it's I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. I, I it's possible. I mean, right now Vancouver hasn't shown any signs of of slowing down and and showing any sort of uh, <laughs> any sort of market, yeah. I agree that they're going to that they're going to have like this big. I mean, unlike the LA Kings, it's like the complete opposite. They they were really good record to start, but they they've really fallen off and now. If, you know, hanging on to a, a wild card spot, but they've they've made some changes in coaches and stuff, so um, they're yep. they've kind of scuttered. But the, the Canucks haven't shown that, and and I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they will, but uh, but you know, Vegas has done good against Vancouver in their history. So if if, if it ends up being a playoff matchup there, I mean, uh, Vegas would have I would think have the advantage there. So uh, even if they do make the play, get into the playoffs and, and have that first spot, I mean, what how's it gonna happen? 
work out in the playoffs. It's, that's a whole nother animal. We all know about it. So. <laughs> right all right. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it's quite possible they will finish in first place. I, I, I do think that. So. Since as usual, we have run out of time. I do want to get two more programming notes in, if you will. I did get to sit in on the uh, Q&A with uh, AHL president and CEO Scott Housen yesterday. So that's about 22 minutes that we'll have for Thursday's show, uh, which will actually be probably Friday's show. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. We're working on probably going to record on in the mornings now and give us some time at night since you and I will both be at a lot of games during the uh, Wednesday, Thursday night um, calendar. And uh, and then also uh, uh, I had a chance to uh, to visit with, I lost my train of thought completely on this one, <laughs> so I'm not sure who I visited with. I visited with somebody, but we'll, we'll bring that up as well uh, when I get my act together here and can do it. But uh, definitely Scott Housen uh, will be uh, on our show on uh on uh, Thursday, so. All right, take it away, my friend. And the other thing, too, we can bring up, because it was a big thing that came out of the NHL All-Star Weekend is the, uh, I'm not talking about the one thing, that, that's a whole other thing, but I'm talking about the, the, the news about the Olympics and the NHL players yeah. going back to the Olympics yep. and, and that there's going to be a World Cup of Hockey. So we'll, dig, dig, we'll try to dig more into that a little bit, too, if we, uh, on, uh, on, thir- on our next uh, regular Pro Hockey West Report podcast. Correct. That's, that's, exci- that's exciting news. Yep, too, so. all right, take it away. This has been the Pro Hockey West Report brought to you by Jets Pizza with over 400 locations in 21 states. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. Buy Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins. Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. And Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile, get an iPhone 14 on us. Go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. FedEx, the official delivery company of IceTimeHockeyWest.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and the all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word, subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. And maybe on our next show, we can also touch on the Arizona Coyote situation because some stuff came out from that about uh, that they're not, – nothing came out from it, but uh, – Well, well <laughs> something like came out of it. Still- uh, they they put an application in to buy some land, so we'll see if it gets approved and go. where they go from there. But we'll talk about that on Thursday as well. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks for everybody uh, at the AHL All-Star Challenge and everybody in San Jose with the Barracuda and the Sharks for making the uh, last couple of days really special. We hope you enjoyed the shows. Tune in uh, next Friday morning as we uh, make the switch. It'll be a Friday morning show now for the Pro Hockey West Report. Good night, everybody.